Hello and welcome to another edition of Morning Hoops Basketball Podcast. I am Anthony Denu. He is Kyle McEwen. You can find me on Twitter at Anthony Denu. He is at Roto Kyle NBA. We appreciate you guys joining us tonight. We got the live stream. Um, we appreciate you joining us. And if uh, if you're checking us out, if you would rate, review, like, subscribe, anything you can do to help us out. And uh, if you do so, Kyle and I will moon your middle school bully. I hope nobody has middle school bullies these days. Those are just tropes from like bad eighties movies or good eighties movies too. Um, <laughs> I'll moon your, uh, your, your 40 year old bully. If there's somebody at your work who you don't like, who's just a jerk face turtle brain, I'll come and I'll moon them. How about that? <laughs> I'll ride by on my Harley with nothing but my chaps on baby. Hey, what did you refer to, to your USB as before the show started? I have no idea, to be completely <laughs> honest. That was like okay. 15 minutes ago. <laughs> a, a lifetime, a lifetime. Um, all right, so we're talking about what happened Tuesday night in the NBA. It was a six-game night. And Kyle, you want to kick things off? Or you want to hit up some any injury news or returns? I mean, I know right, we'll get to DeAndre just, Ayton. We can just, uh, we, yeah, uh, I mean, I guess DeAndre Ayton's return is the biggest thing on the uh, the news docket for the most part. We also saw Mike Conley come back fr- come back from uh, his hamstring injury, but Conley re-injured his hamstring uh, in this game and wasn't able to play the full way through. But I say we just jump into the first game of the night and kind of go through and take things as they came. All right. One of the first games of the night was Sacramento in Charlotte against the Hornets. Hornets getting the win at home, 110-102 over the Kings. Yep. This was the return of De'Aaron Fox from his, what was originally reported as a grade three ankle sprain, but with him missing just, you know, not closer to two to three months, but just about a month with the injury. Um, it's, uh, you have to think that they either misdiagnosed it or, you know, maybe just were taking the cautious route and saying, Hey, it's It, it might be worse. So, uh, that's what we're going to tell people so that the expectations, if he does come back early, it's a, it's a surprise instead of a, a situation like we have with Zion right now where the, the Pelicans told everybody it'll be six to eight weeks, and now we're past that eight-week mark. And, and that just creates the opportunity for people to criticize instead of the if the Pelicans had originally said, like, look, he's, he's out indefinitely. We don't know exactly when he comes back. When we, have an, uh, when we have an update, you'll get an update. Or the Grizzlies, they go out and they say, we're going to have these guys out week to week. And, yeah, they might only be out for a week, but they, they give you that more ambiguous return date so that there isn't this uh, air of, like, anticipation is hanging over game? the players. Is it this game? Yep. Yeah. Because that'll wear uh, on the players, too, because they'll get more and more acrimony through social media and such. Right. Okay, so I want to talk about De'Aaron Fox's minutes because he did come off the bench, but you're a, you're a fan of when someone's healthy, That's if, they, if, if they're cleared, then give them their full allotment of minutes. That's kind of how you like it, and that's what we got really out of him getting 30 tonight. Yeah, I think it's... Again, if, if his ankle injury was as bad as it was originally reported, it is a surprise to see De'Aaron Fox come back and play 30 minutes in, in the first game that he returns. But apparently he was healthy enough to do that. There was a really funny moment where he jumped over Devontae Graham from behind and De'Aaron Fox's foot kicked the ball away from Devontae Graham. It ended up a steal <laughs> for the Kings. 
Um, so just a hilarious little uh, situation there that the refs didn't catch that it was De'Aaron Fox's foot that, that kicked the ball away. So, and I don't think it was on purpose either. If De'Aaron Fox did that on purpose, it's crazy. No, and I I really don't think so because it didn't seem like he moved his leg to make it. It just sort of was just happened in his natural jump. Yep. No, but a, a very fun play if you guys get a chance to see that. I will say it was a little bit surprising to me down the stretch for the the Kings. It looked like Fox was still getting his wind or was a little bit uh, lacked the wind that I think you needed to to press on defense the way that they were trying to. And I was a little bit surprised that we didn't see Corey Joseph come back in the game late, but it's also a great sign for De'Aaron Vox uh, managers in fantasy. If, if you have him, it, it appears he's going to start playing his regular amount of minutes right away. So, so that's tremendous getting 30 minutes in his first game back and it two of six, three pointers. So stretching out that range, there's nice and uh, eight assists, two steals, really just a uh, 19 points. Great line overall for him. So yeah, everything looks good to go. And hopefully we don't see Fox come off the bench for too many more games with him already playing 30 minutes. Yeah, led the team in scoring 19 and 8. I mean, we wouldn't ask for much more from uh, a healthy De'Aaron Fox. So nope. I think we're all just, you know, holding our breath a little bit, crossing our fingers that he doesn't have he doesn't tweak the injury anytime soon, or it becomes something where he it's a chronic issue and then he ends up having to undergo offseason surgery. Hopefully the they gave it the proper amount of time to rest and heal for De'Aaron Fox so that he's good to go all the rest of the way because as we've talked about on the show before, he relies so much on his speed for his ability to impact the game. Um that's not to say that he's not a heady player and and doesn't do other things well, but that's his you know that's his main skill. Uh Kyle, do you want to talk about the innovative Charlotte Hornets front court with uh Biombo and Zeller? <laughs> It is interesting uh, that that especially considering with the Kings still they were still using Rashawn Holmes starting at center with Nemanja Bjelica starting at power forward. You, there's got to come a time where Marvin Bagley steps into that starting lineup, and I would pres- I would assume it's going to be for Nemanja Bjelica, but you really can't know what Coach, uh, Coach Luke Walmart is going to do with his rotation. Um, it was curious to me that the Hornets stuck with this Bayambo and Cody Zeller big front court for a second straight game, especially because Marvin Williams was healthy and back in action after sitting out the last five games with Sorny. Uh, and Williams played good off the bench, 25 minutes, 16 points, three rebounds, two blocks, one steal from the 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 elder statesman of the team, uh, three of five from three-point land. Williams said that while he was out, he underwent an MRI and the results showed that he was old. Um, <laughs> so. I, I was just going to say, it's it's pretty crazy. If you look at all the other guys in the top five from his draft in 04, 04, 05, I mean, he's the only one left. Well, Chris Paul, I'm sorry. Chris yeah. Paul. Yeah. Um, yeah. Darren Williams. Uh, I mean, Bogut played a little bit last year and is still playing some ball. But yeah, Darren Williams. Sheldon Williams, uh, Candace Parker's husband, right? What a uh, that's a that's a bizarre couple. That's devastating. Hey man, it's a nice pull, brother. Good, good for him. Yeah. yeah, good for him. Wow. Hey, she yeah, she's a fox. Um, Dude, she's unreal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully the whole Martin Bagley stuff uh, resolves itself. Uh, Cody Zeller had a great game as the power forward for a second straight game. You know, it made sense in the in their last game for the Hornets to start Cody Zeller at power forward and Bayambo at center because they were matching up against the Pacers with Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis. But against Nemanja Bielitsa, starting Cody Zeller seems like a 
kind of an oddball pick, especially since Nemanja Bielica and Marvin Williams are like mirror images of each other, you know, uh, in, in their styles of play and, and such. So, um, peculiar move but it worked out for the hornets so kudos to them i don't think that we'll see them stick with this for too long the reason we're seeing this at all is because pj washington's out after having surgery on his pinky finger and uh that might be a couple more weeks than what people expect you know i think we're looking at maybe four weeks to four to six weeks or something like that i i know i'm like a, a bad sports fan in your opinion but if i was a hornets fan i would be upset anytime that cody zeller played well because it feels like they're just gonna tie themselves to him even more hey cody's not a bad guy it's just frustrating to me for if, if you're a charlotte hornets fan that he had another opportunity to start this season and there were positive signs to begin with but then he kind of fell off uh, Biombo ended up stepping into the into the the frame. Zeller then comes back from uh, an injury issue and is coming off the bench and playing well. So you're right; it's it's frustrating from a consistency standpoint. You would like this team to eventually find their starting center of the future and the present, um, but it's tough, man. It's tough to find hope for these for the Charlotte Hornets team because you feel like, yeah, they stumbled into Devontae Graham, and that's a wonderful story. But even with Devontae Graham being as good as he is, um, I don't know how much he really like solidifies your future. You know, being a consistent playoff team, um, I do like Miles Bridges's upside, but you're right. There's there's definitely a hole there at center, and now I've rambled too much about that situation. <laughs> that's all right should we move on to uh pacers and lakers yeah let's do it all right pacers get the win over the lakers 105 102 so now the bucks and lakers looking ahead to thursday night will both be coming off losses for the first time in a great while uh, for that matchup but uh that should be Kyle good for the that. competitive uh nature of the game absolutely so that, that that that's that's hot sauce there. We also saw from the Lakers side of things the fact that they kept this game within three points uh, is probably a, a good thing or a good sign for them that you know even even when they're losing games against a really great team in the Indiana Pacers, they're still competing at a high level. Especially considering the fact that the Lakers were playing without Anthony Davis in this game. He tweaked his ankle in the previous game, played through it uh, near the end there in that last game, but wasn't able to go here was a game time decision. So I would bank on Davis probably going in Thursday's game. And that's probably what they were looking at. They were, they were probably looking at this situation and saying, do we really want Anthony Davis playing on a bum ankle and trying to defend, uh, DeMontis Sabonis big minutes, or I don't know, maybe the, maybe they would have just had Davis out on miles Turner, which would have been less of an arduous task. But anyway, you look at it, I, I wouldn't expect Davis to miss much time. Um, from the, from the Lakers side of things with, with Davis out, Dwight Howard had a really nice scoring game off the bench. I mean, a tremendous game off the bench, 20 points, but even more of a sparkling thing is 10 of 10 from the field on his field goals. Just a perfect game. Wow. Hey man, this is like uh 2010 Dwight Howard MVP this year. Yeah. All-star. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. Okay, no, definitely not. If anybody starts up that chatter, um, zip it, pal. Uh, <laughs> I really hope nobody's pimping Dwight Howard as a, an all-star. I, I really don't think so. That's Even Lakers fans aren't uh, – don't want to get in on that one. 
I don't think so. Uh, on the Indiana side of things, it was nice to see that even with TJ Warren, maybe not providing the same scoring punch he usually does, he he did get a season-high three blocks, and I believe that also ties his career high. Uh, so nice work there, TJ Warren, with a little bit of defense. Uh, Miles Turner played well. 16 points, two steals, two blocks, uh, three of six from three-point land. Turner's been getting thrown under the bus a little. There was even a a rumor from, I believe, Eric Pincus that the Pacers are willing to trade Miles Turner, which I just, why? Like, I mean, what? Wouldn't you think tw- all 29 other teams would be like, oh, you, you want to get rid of Miles Turner? Cool. Please, what do you want for him? We will definitely make a trade with you. I, but if you have him and Sabonis, do you feel like that is going to work for a championship? I mean, if they if the Pacers feel like if one of if they can turn one of them, and the price tag is probably higher for a Turner, I, or at least the return I think would be higher for Turner than it would be Sabonis. And don't they have Sabonis for longer? So okay, but here's the thing: Do you win anything with Sabonis as your starting center defensively? You can't. You can't do that. He can I, rebound I'm, the ball. I'm, I would choose Turner. That's why I think, I don't know, depending on what they can get for him. Maybe they, maybe. Sabonis is a really nice player, but his impact is limited by his lack of defensive impact. Like Miles Turner can change a game with his rim protection. And he He's also a, has yeah, more of a three-point shot than what Demontis Sabonis is. Like, yeah. I get that Sabonis is out there putting up great rebounding numbers and he scores well and he's got wonderful post moves and all these kind of things. A lot of that stuff can be defended and a lot of that stuff leads to uh, clogging up the paint when you've got a guy like Victor Oladipo who's going to come in slashing. Um, so I, I just don't like, – like, Miles Turner is – obviously being underrated if these kind of or even if these kind of stories are being generated where he's a trade piece for the for the Pacers like only if the Pacers are going to be getting back something like you know something ridiculous from the the Knicks in regards to another uh center eligible player to be a shot blocker for them like Mitch Robinson and then like and and an additional piece Right. And that's why I, I, I'm not like too worried about this, just because if they did trade him, I, I, once we saw the return, that's what would make me decide whether or not it was worth it. I just know that there's 29 other teams that would probably be really happy to ha- to get, even get an opportunity to talk about trading for Miles Turner. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that the Pacers would be entertaining moving him unless somebody came to them and said and offered something that just made a, a lot of sense for their current situation and their long-term situation. Um, and final thoughts on this is I do acknowledge that I, I really like Goga Patadze's uh, what he projects to be in the NBA, a starting level center, somebody who can be almost a Marcus all type center in, in what he'll be able to do. And I'm ridiculously surprised that we don't see consistent backup center minutes every single game from Goga Patadze. I think that's a, a mistake by one of few mistakes that uh, Nate McMillan has made this season. Um, so, so if, if the Pacers did decide to trade miles Turner, I, I guess I'd just be surprised that 
anybody would maybe point towards Gogo Patadze and see he's the guy that's going to step in because they're not even consistently using him in the rotation right now. So I just don't see that that trust that he would be somebody who would play big minutes. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've seen enough in practice and and what they already know of Goga that if they did trade Miles Turner for some kind of other piece, that it would that they would just throw Goga in there, and I'd be all for that. So you feel like they have the next guy? Does don't you think that makes them even more likely to? Yes, listen? but I'm just. But if they, but if they really thought that Goga was the next guy, then why aren't they already? We would already see it. Well, we already get to see. It. When there were injuries earlier, we did see Goga get an opportunity, and when he got that opportunity, he was making big plays, and and like he stripped Kevin Love out on the three point line, and this is you know, uh, I think Goga's like a six ten or you know close to a seven foot guy. And he's he's more mobile than you would think. A lot, you know. He's he's young. He can shoot the ball from from outside the arc. He's got moves. He can he can do a little bit of everything. It's there's just a, there's a lot when you look at what he does and how he moves. And, and you see the Marcus all kind of outline. And you're like, oh man, if this kid is gonna have that kind of career ahead of him, then then yeah, I guess you could talk yourself into Miles Turner. I just don't think that we've seen enough predication to believe that he would be the one to step in right now. Uh, trivia question: Where is Goga Batatse from? Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Georgia. That is correct. Oh, nice. Uh, name another Georgian basketball player. Uh, Zaza Pachulia. Very nice. Two for two tonight. Um. All right. I I don't think I have any other thoughts on that game. Good job, Pacers, for pulling out a win over the Lakers, even though it was at home. So you probably should have uh, expected to do that. We did see Jeremy Lamb go down with a groin injury in this game. Played just 15 minutes. If Lamb needs to miss time, it'll be interesting to see who the Pacers go to as their interim starting shooting guard. We're still not ready to see Oladipo uh, uh, back. It seems like that's about another month away, uh, according to certain people's feelings on it. Uh, but Aaron holiday or his brother, Justin holiday are, are, I think the two favorites to potentially step into the starting lineup. And I think it would probably be Aaron holiday. Who's had some really nice games of late. Um, he even, he sized up LeBron in, in one, at I one saw point that this tonight. game and yeah. just took him to the rack and, and made a, a nice crafty lefty layup. So nice he like there. saw that he had LeBron on him and then basically took it out to set him up for set himself up for a drive. It was, it was pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes that's just like, you know, the little man looking at the big guy thinking that they can get the job done and it ends up looking like some clown stuff. But yeah, he got the job done. So absolutely. Uh, Kyle, we had a wild one in New York. Uh, the, the Knicks beat the Hawks by 23. These were somewhat seemingly similarly matched teams, but uh, the Knicks were up big early in this one. Yeah, you you would have thought this would have been a high scoring game for, and it was for both teams, but one that was closer than than it was a more competitive fair. Um, but the New York Knicks had a couple of guys score some career highs. Both R.J. Barrett had twenty seven points, a career high for him, six rebounds, one assist, one steal, two of three from three point land, five of eight from the line, ten of thirteen overall in twenty nine minutes. So good to see Barrett kind of bounce back after he had a poor one in their last outing. 22 points from Marcus Morris Sr. in just 22, I say 22 minutes, 22 points in 22 minutes. Uh, Julius Randle, a double-double, 17 and 11 in just 23 minutes. So a lot of guys doing uh, some good work here for the Knicks in this blowout win over the Hawks in in limited action. And even Mitchell Robinson got into the scoring Career high. Yep. 
career high 22 points, 13 rebounds, two blocks, one steal, nine of 13 from the field in 29 minutes. So just, yeah, great work there. I talked about a little bit last night about how this could be the Cam Reddish and RJ Barrett. That could be a fun little thing going on, but uh, not much from Reddish tonight. Just nine points, one of three from beyond the arc. Yep, not much to see there. Uh, Trey Young with his third 40-point game of the season, 42 points here, eight assists, seven of 13 from three-point land, 16 of 29 overall in 41 minutes. So Trey tried his darndest to get the get the Hawks back in this one, but they just didn't have enough bullets. Uh, Kevin Huerta, 14 points, <laughs> three rebounds, five assists, three steals, one block, two of seven from three-point land, five of... 14 overall in 32 minutes. Uh, Kevin Herter doesn't have a minutes limitation anymore. He was questionable, questionable coming into this game with a shoulder injury that happened in the previous one. And uh, it's just good that they did an MRI. They didn't see anything of too much concern and said, all right, you're just going to play. We're going to stop worrying about these stupid minutes restrictions. We've been putting on you and Herter went out there and had a good game. So, Hopefully this uh, continues uh, to kind of propel him into more of that backup uh, point guard role off behind uh, Trey Young. The, the the idea is to stagger them. So that, that looks like what it's going to be, and that's going to help Herter have more of a profile out there to show off uh, not just his ability to shoot the ball, but also to make some plays off the dribble. So that I think that's pretty cool. Four assists from DeAndre Hunter with 19 points. So nice work he's from the rookie there. Really good. The last uh, week to 10 days, he's looked really good. I like him. I like him. Uh, and and he's had a little bit more uh, defensive stats of late. Sp- you know, sprinkling in, he's still not consistent there. He wasn't a great defensive stats collector in college, even though he was regarded as someone who is a good defensive player. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think that says it about it all for this game. Um, three, uh, the new coach for the New York Knicks, Mike Miller is three and three so far. So they're, they're playing okay under him and, uh, yeah, good luck to those guys. Maybe they can, uh, maybe they can do something special. (laughs) Uh, should we move on to another New York team? That sounds like a great idea. We'll take the Uh, train. Let's do it. So Brooklyn Nets in new orleans on tuesday night they got the win 108 101 over the pelicans yes they did the pelicans were playing without jj reddick and that pushed lonzo ball back into the starting lineup we also saw josh hart get big run with reddick out 40 minutes off the bench for hart 14 points nine rebounds one steal four of ten from three-point land uh, lonzo played 35 minutes in the starting lineup 10 points eight rebounds four assists and Derek Favors still getting limited here. Just 20 minutes, even though starting at center, seven points, nine rebounds, did have three assists and three blocks. Three blocks are nice to see from Favors in that limited run. But I'm just I'm wondering if the Pelicans are just choosing to go with Jackson Hayes uh, more minutes or if Derek Favors is still just kind of getting eased back into action after being away from the team for a couple weeks. I have a trivia f- question for you from this game. You want to you want to do it now? Sure. All right. So Jared Allen and Jackson Hayes are both big men from Texas. They were both drafted within the last three years, I believe. Um, and there's one other big man drafted from Texas during that time. Can you name him? 
I really should be able to. Um, each in separate years. So Jared Allen first, then this one player uh, that I that is the answer to the question, and then of course Jackson Hayes this year. Is this guy good or is this guy like trash? Uh, he's young where it's he's young enough where it's undecided. I mean, I can't think of it right now. Uh, Bucket Ninja said Tristan Thompson. That is incorrect. <laughs> but he said right away. He's like, wait, never mind. Because um, it's a because this is a yeah. second year player. Yeah. Or third year, whatever. Uh, Mo Bamba is the answer. I yeah, sorry. I should have definitely known that. There you go. Mo Bamba, Jared Allen, and Jackson Hayes. Three of like I know Bamba ha- maybe hasn't shown as much as the other two so far. And Jared Allen's been incredible this year. Um Jackson Hayes still a rookie, but yeah. Oh boss, somebody got in there just at the at the last second. Yeah, Bella nice and one. Josh. Yeah, very good. Very well, good. Uh your boy Jared Allen had a or tied his career high with six blocks in this game. So that was nice to see. 12 points, 14 rebounds to go with those. 35 minutes played for the big man. Uh you know, this is still a Nets team that continues to pull out wins um without Kyrie Irving, without Karis LeVert, so that's nice to see. Wilson Chandler playing in his second game back from suspension, got another 18 minutes off the bench. The thing is, this team is used to it. I mean, they didn't have Kyrie last year, and Karis LeVert was also hurt for a, a big stretch last year, what looked like a devastating injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's they're, they were a good playoff team last year, and they're showing why this year. And uh, Jared Allen's just continues to amaze me. So there are some trade rumors around this New Orleans Pelicans team. We, we've heard Several mentions of J.J. Redick being available for trade. Uh, we've heard now today a mention of Drew Holiday being available in, in trades. And then the GM of the Pelicans even went on the broadcast during the game to refute this. So it, it's funny that we've had him go on the broadcast several times. And that's something to notice. If you see a somebody from the front office coming down to talk to on the sidelines or whatever, it's t- usually a time to pay attention during the summer league. That's usually when you get like the best information from coaches is if they, if they, if the head coach of the team, who's not coaching the summer league team will sit down and they'll have some conversations with the, the guys calling the game and you'll get some little nuggets about how rotations are going to look or how rookies or, you know, any guys who are standing out at summer league who the team might have their you know eye on a little bit more. So it's uh yeah it's we got that with uh, David Griffin in this <clears throat> New Orleans Pelicans game, and it was him telling us essentially like after we saw the the uh, shoot around little uh, on court shooting light shooting from Zion Williamson on uh on on Tuesday, Griffin said like you know it's still a little ways away for for Zion's return, but he is it was you know it's good for everybody to see him and it's brightening up everybody's face so it's. You know, there's a lot of little bit of dread going for people out there that Zion might not play this season. I wasn't really buying into that, but you, you start to hear the echoes enough, it, it kind of creeps in. The Pelicans might be better off being in the lottery. I mean, it, for the long haul, or you know, like this year. It's so, just hard to feel like they're going to be able to though. dig themselves right. out of what they're already in. Only six wins so far, but, and. But if, you know, I mean, how far out of the playoff race are they right now? I don't know if you have the standings pulled up at all, but 
it, you know, if, I got Golga Batatse pulled up. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I you can't know, stop saying that. You know, if, if Zion comes back in the next three weeks and they go on some kind of amazing run. Um, so they're second last. They're, in, they're the 14th out of 15 teams in the West. The Warriors have five wins. They have six, but they're five, six wins back. They'd have to double their win total to get to where the Kings are at 12. So uh, but, but the Kings are in the half. final spot. Six and a half games out, and it's the Kings. Yeah, the Kings, Suns, Blazers, Wolves, Spurs, Grizzlies are the teams they would have to top. It's it's okay, totally so, doable. This could happen. Yeah, I mean, with, honestly, within yeah. there could be fifteen within two weeks. We could say, oh, yeah. look at look at how well the Pelicans are playing. Yeah, so it's totally possible. I just wonder that if for the long run, are they better getting another top star or just an asset to use to maybe find out exactly what this team's going to look like but i don't know man they have so many young guys that you actually get frustrated sometimes when you see like a, J- a jaleel okafor in the rotation because you're just like nah man play you know play Ken- jackson you know hayes. play ja- jackson hayes more time play kendrick williams more time play nicolo mella melly more time even though he's not young he's still you know a fresh face on the team you know make sure you're getting frank jackson more minutes you know we don't need to see each more everybody knows what he looks like even a guy like josh hart i I just don't think that Josh Hart plays winning basketball, and and that probably is going to be disagreeable no, with some people. You've, you've said that before on the show. Do you want to uh, elaborate just a little bit on what? You I don't, don't think like he's good on Josh defense, Hart? and I think he takes the ball out of the hands of people who should have the ball. Like Josh Hart, Josh Hart should be a spot up shooter. He's, I don't feel he impacts the game in a a positive way because of. I'm probably too hard on the guy. I really probably am. But I just I, I think I get frustrated a lot of times because I see him in rotations where especially with you know Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and such. And it's like, like, why does Brandon Ingram only have one assist? Brandon Ingram's some of his most intriguing games as a professional have been when he's had an opportunity to facilitate. There there should if you're not actively putting Brandon Ingram in positions to facilitate for you, I just I feel like you're missing out because he's got such an ability to see over the defenses due to his length and his size and his height and everything. It's just, it's, it's, I think it's a misappropriation of his, uh, his talent. Um, and, and so, and that's what Josh Hart often ends up in is a, he's a reflection of the, the other players around him too, where I just end up seeing him get leaned on by his coaches in ways that I think are like, it's improper expectations. Josh Hart is not the guy, man. He's a role player. He's not the guy. And a lot of times his coaches will like put him in places or, or expect him to play bigger roles than what he should. He should never play small forward either. Okay. This guy is like exclusively a shooting guard. He can't guard small forwards. I, I'm, okay. You Let me ask you one. No, it's all right. I'm going to ask you one final question. It's a one word. I'm going to go watch more Josh Hart tape. No, that's I feel fine. like I'm Just- being a jerk. No, it's, I'm going to give you a chance to to sort of redeem yourself or at least finish on a positive note. It's a one-word answer. What team would benefit from having Josh Hart right now? I just don't. I I don't think he's one. Tel Aviv? Are you gonna you're gonna go Tel Aviv? On I was right I now? was gonna I was gonna try and be funny and say an international team. Yeah, and I just I, couldn't bring <laughs> myself to like. To muster like that crap I was a joke. I was so ready for it. Yeah. So because Moscow CK or whatever. 
I just don't like guys that I, I don't view him as a good defensive player. So I don't, and I also don't view him as like a, a good consistent option on offense where you would rather have the ball. He's Jordan Clarkson, dude. He's Jordan Clarkson. Okay. That's, that's funny. Cause that, yeah, I, that, I view him those two the same on many levels, but uh, like just cause you the, can put up points and score and have, you know, and, and look cute. Doesn't mean you're good at basketball. So now it's because he's cute. I, you got to hold that against these guys. You got to have something against them, right? Because everything else is so like you know they're they're talented and smart and in good yeah. shape. You got to be mad at them for being cute too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bucket Ninja throws Philly as a question mark for Josh Hart. He actually think, that's a yeah, that's probably that's a like really the greatest spot because they yeah. definitely need somebody off the bench to just come in and get buckets. That's a um, great fit, I think. And if if you've got him out there playing with a guy like Matisse Thibel, at least you know there's somebody who can like play defense for two guys at once. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, Bucket Ninja. That is a, uh, a regular, a regular on the show. We always yeah. appreciate it, uh, and also uh, Bell and a Josh for commenting into uh, for the trivia question as well. So we uh, love that you guys are getting involved. So uh, Drew, a final final little uh, thing on the Pelicans though. Uh, Lonzo Ball was coming off the bench with JJ Redick. Uh, starting before J direct had to miss this game due to injury. Um, but like, it'll be interesting to see if the, if the Pelicans do trade drew holiday and open up that door for Lonzo ball to really be the primary facilitator without much question. It'll also open up doors for guys like Nikhil Alexander Walker to have more, a bigger role. Uh, maybe those more facilitation duties for Brandon Ingram. Like I want, um, but where I, you know, I wonder where drew holiday would actually go. And, and, and so, but, and, and one thing that came up on Twitter was, and I'm sorry to steer so much conversation to the bucks all the time on this dang podcast, but, um, this was a legit question that I saw and it was, who would you have drew holiday or Chris Middleton? Like if, if the bucks could make that trade, who do I want? Who do you think would be better? I would take Middleton over holiday. I'll take holiday over Bledsoe. But not by much. I don't know. Oh yeah, it's no, tough, no, no. Man. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. Is that is that the good? Is that a good one, two, three in that I, order? I you think. think? So. I think so, absolutely. Um, and Middleton is also a proven playoff performer, other than the Toronto series. But he also got gassed having to guard Kawhi. But if you see what he's done to, to the Celtics in the playoffs the last couple of years, I mean, also he's the man. Oh, dude, Chris Middleton's. Yeah, there's he's. He can guard several positions. He can handle the ball. He can facilitate a little bit. He can score off the dribble, uh, shoot off the dribble from super deep. But, he, but yeah. he's also not taking the ball out of Giannis's hands, and I mean that in a good way. Right, and he's never going to be a someone who complains if he doesn't get enough shots. You know, uh, Josh Bell, uh, Bellina, Josh. I'm just saying, Josh Bellina uh, says that ho- he views uh, Holiday as the best in his opinion. Which is, I mean, oh, there's, no, no, no. A, there's I, arguments to be made too. Holiday is incredible. Holiday is I mean, the best and, overall, but as far as like, oh, a fit with the Bucks, you're saying? Yeah, a fit, and Holiday, also it's but, not just one for one. The, the extra yeah. size that you get from Middleton and his ability to to step up and guard not only most small forwards, you know, or all small forwards, but also to some of the, you know, the 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 undersized power forwards as well. There's, 
Yeah, uh, uh, Drew Holiday's. It's just it's it's a lot of it's about the size. Yeah, now, his his mid range off the dribble is unlike anybody. I mean, he's up there with the top guys in that category. It's like him and DeRozan, right? In terms of like who's better mid range off. Uh, Chris Middleton's actually right up there too, but they basically stopped him from doing that the since Coach Bud came in uh, and took over the Bucks. It's really you know stay out for three instead of Chris loves the one dribble jump shot or the two dribble jump shot and mid range. I don't see a realistic situation where holiday ends up on the bucks unless they were, unless they could figure out a way to move Bledsoe and like, and another piece that the Pelicans wanted, but I don't know what the Pelicans would be looking at where they'd be like, okay, Bledsoe. And that is enough to get drew. Cause I just think Drew's a step up on a big enough step up on Bledsoe. Um, that, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right, uh, lots, of fun names, lots of fun names though with uh, Holiday and Turner being thrown around out there today. I, I it, not everything is going to happen, but it is uh, creating a lot of fun to talk about. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you want to get to Orlando and Utah? Yes, sir. All right, so the Jazz winning at home against the Magic 109 102. I saw a fun highlight of uh, an emphatic three by Joe Ingles and uh, Bogut, of course. Andrew Bogut is the retweeting this, laughing about it, um, but. <laughs> Uh, Joe Ingles hit a, an emphatic three and basically stared down Michael Carter-Williams for, I don't know, 10 seconds? I mean, it seemed like an eternity. And uh, Michael Carter-Williams just kind of like stopped and looked back, and we didn't really get a good view of his face. Plus, he's wearing the mask from his that faucet blood we saw last week, which was just extremely gory, but pretty awesome. Um, it, I don't know. It seemed like it might have been a good, good-natured, and Joe Ingles is can joke around a little bit, but also talks a lot of trash and gets under people's skin. I, you know, I didn't see that clip, so I can't comment on it too much, but it sounds like it was a fun one. I'll have to check it out after the show. Uh, good, good for Joe Ingles. This was, this game was with Mike Conley back in action after missing several games with a hamstring injury. Uh, but then he re aggravated it or aggravated it and wasn't able to finish out the game. So who knows? Conley might need to miss more time going forward. Uh, and then you have to ask yourself, well, if it took him, you know, several weeks to come back from it this time, then how long is it going to take next time? And the Jazz will typically just say a guy is day to day and they won't tell you that he's going to miss a, a certain amount of time, especially with the hamstring injuries that can be kind of quixotic and and uh, and kind of hitchy. Um, so anyways, but. With Conley back in action, we saw Royce O'Neal move to the bench. Joe Ingles stayed in the starting lineup, and uh, that was an interesting little thing. So if you play fantasy and Joe Ingles sitting on your bench, he's definitely a pickup, uh, at least as a flyer in most leagues, um, especially with the fact that Mike Conley's not going to even be there. So Royce O'Neal should be back in the starting lineup probably. So, yeah, it's a it's a b- bad little situation for the Jazz. There was some hope for them, and, and they definitely got you know a nice win here over the Magic, but – uh, it's still bittersweet with Conley not not being healthy for them. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, about the Magic and their rotations here. So when Vucevic first went down, Kem Birch was the starter, like anointed the starter right away, Bamba into a backup role. Tonight, though, Birch did not play, and Bamba got 15 minutes backing up the center well, position. Bamba's the backup center, and when, so when Vucevic not changed their roles, basically, and also Bamba was still working on some uh, 
I believe he had off-season uh, knee procedure, so he's been or he was he was having some issue with his knee this off-season. So okay. he came back on limit on a restriction. He wasn't playing in back-to-backs early, and uh, and that was the other thing is that they wanted to make to continue to limit his minutes, uh, even with Vucevic out. So and Ken Birch has been sitting on the bench, you know, being a good soldier, not playing. He's he's considered a really you know competent vet who can get the job done, but who isn't necessarily going to, you know, give you a high ceiling. Um, and, and he did his job while Vucevic was out. But now that Vucevic is back, Bamba still gets to have that, that backup job, you know, that they, they're, they're still um, cultivating Bamba as that eventual starting center for them in the future. Um, so any other, no, I mean, I mean, we always want to talk about Jonathan Isaac, right? But not the greatest line other than three blocks for him, but I know, uh, he's a, he's a fan favorite, right? Yeah. I think you just continue to, you know, it's, it's frustrating that he only got seven shots in this game. Um, Fournier has got to go, dude. Fournier has got to go. Nah, Fournier is a good soldier for the most part these days. Not a fan. He's I, in my Cody Zeller category of players I would hate to have on my favorite team. You know, I, I think if you – you could have a lot of conversations about who people hate and who people don't hate, but John Isaac – look, if, if he's going to be your main defensive guy, you better be feeding him enough shots too, especially since he's a competent offensive player. It's not like he's a slouch. You know, if he gets the line, he's going to bang those in. Uh, he can bang in three pointers. He can do a little bit in the mid range and, and post up and stuff like that. Like, and not only that, but like you want to continue to build his profile and, and also his confidence as that diverse shooter that he showed he was in college. So it doesn't really make sense that we haven't seen it consistently in, in the NBA, but regardless, um, this they just got Vucevic back. We've seen Markel Fultz stepping into a bigger role. The fact that they were competitive on the road with the Jazz, even with Conley being out, I think it's a good sign for the for the for the Magic. Um, there was a, a weird situation at the end of the game where Isaac wasn't even on the court, and it was like you're trying to play defense and make a comeback, and you don't have your best defender out there who can make super impactful plays and is one of the best steals guys in the league too. So like, or at least has the potential to cause chaos in the in the in the lanes. Uh, it's a a uh, a poor calculation from Clifford on this night, but in general, he's been pretty good this season. Uh, tremendous game for DJ Augustine off the bench, even with Markel Fultz still still getting 28 minutes as the starting uh, point guard. This wasn't the best game for Markel Fultz, but you know, we, uh, from what I saw from my, th- I thought he still looked pretty good in there, even if he w- was a negative 19 in the plus minus for the worst uh, first worst mark on the team. But it is what it is, I think, in in some respects. He hit a three. You know, that's what I'm always looking for. Yeah, uh, one one more game, right? Uh, yeah, the final game of the evening: Clippers beating the Suns one twenty to ninety nine. Um, looking at things, looks like Paul George. Oh, well, I guess we should start off with the Kelly Oubre dunk on Paul George. Uh, did you? You got a chance? Uh, to this? I'm gonna start off with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Andre Ayton back from his twenty five game suspension played 24 minutes, but that was the same as several other players in, in the starting lineup. So uh, Devin Booker was out from this game, uh, second straight game that Devin Booker's been out with his forearm contusion. 
Um, hopefully Booker comes back soon. Frank Kaminsky moved to the bench with DeAndre Ayton starting. I think it was mainly the fact that this was uh, a bit of a blowout that uh, that Ayton only played 24 minutes, but 18 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, one block, nine of 19 from the field, zero of one from the free throw line. You know, I don't think Ayton was getting to the free throw line much in the preseason either. So that's a that's a that's a concern there. But can't really complain about 18 and 12 in just 24 minutes from the center and his uh, return to action. So uh, kudos to Ayton, and it looks like he's going to start dominating. Dominating. <laughs> ah, very good. Yeah, stumbled oh, into that one. Very good. Uh, I like this man. I like this team. I think. I think they're they they're gonna hover around, you know, the eight seed for most of the season. But Aiton only helps. It makes them an even more entertaining team. The center position's kind of been in flux with the suspension and a Baines injury. So um, this they've been a, they've been the surprise of the year, and this makes them even more watchable. Yeah, yeah, getting DeAndre Aiton back certainly gonna make them a more exciting team. Uh, but your boy Kelly Oubre, you talked about it. He had that big dunk on uh, Paul George. He also stole the ball from George at one time and took it out and had his own little personal fast break. Uh, so good game from from uh, Kelly Oubre. 19 points, four rebounds, one assist, three steals, two blocks, three of five from three-point land uh, in 29 minutes. Good for him. Michael Bridges got another start with De- Devin Booker being out. Uh, but again, once Booker returns, that should uh, should quiet Bridges a bit and move him back to the bench. Frank Kaminsky, in his move to the bench, still had a pretty good game, but that's also because it was a blowout and the minutes were there. 12 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Nice work, Frankie. Frank uh, yeah. the I, tank, baby. Not much else to say there from the Phoenix Sun side of things. On the Clippers side of things, after resting in the previous game, Kawhi Leonard was back in action. 20 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal in 27 minutes. Paul George, even though he got uh, you know, a couple of maybe on the on the lowlights of some of Kelly Oubre's highlights, uh, Paul George still had a wonderful game. 24 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 steals, 3 of 7 from 3-point land, 8 of 17 overall, 5 of 5 from the line. Uh, yeah, not, not too bad. Not too bad. It wasn't really, I mean, it was a great dunk by Ubre, but I mean, Paul George just kind of got wrong place, wrong time. He was rotating like he was supposed to. And, uh, Ubre just got him. It, yeah, was, it was a good, it, it was a, it was a good, 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 uh, forceful move by like, Ubre. Giannis has always gotten dunked on because he's willing to go up to block the shot. Like there's guys who also turn away or just let guys get the easy two. But you guys like Paul George and Giannis and other rim protectors who get dunked on, it's because they're doing their job and at least trying to put up a fight. So I always I always think like I give a guy credit usually for being in the poster. So some some other. Th- oh, yeah, absolutely. Like if if you're in the poster, you were playing defense, as you just said. So, yeah, yeah you're going to I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's, it's good that you're getting dunked on. Uh, Patrick Beverly returned from injury, played 26 minutes, was back in the starting lineup. And Lou Williams was also back from injury, played 23 minutes off the bench, put up 20 points, eight assists. Nice line from Lou Williams there, five of seven from three-point land. Even with the Clippers getting healthy, now this was a blowout again. Uh, so you're going to get extra minutes from from some guys or for some guys. But Landry Shamit in his move to the bench, still got 26 minutes. 
And that'll be an interesting one to track as he, uh, to see exactly how many minutes he gets in, in, in kind with, uh, with Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. I think they're going to be the three main guys off the bench for this Clippers team, most games. And, and if, if when the games really matter, uh, you, we might see a super short rotation with, you know, maybe even just those three guys getting just all the bench minutes, which I hope yeah. happens. Cause I think so too. And Harkless is only going to get, I mean, he should in a playoff game or an important game. I mean, uh, Harkless is going to start, but he shouldn't be playing all that much more than 20. And he only got 23 tonight. Harkless if, will if, be, will definitely be a guy who's, if he's hot, we'll ride him. If not, we got other options. That's, yeah. Yep. yep. All right, man. I don't know. Uh, do you got anything else from the night, uh, or should we just take a quick run through tomorrow's games? Let's see what we got going on on Wednesday night in the NBA. All right. So uh, I will share my screen with you super quick, but the first game on the docket is Chicago at Washington, uh, and that's one of those games that we always like to talk about those crappy teams playing each other, so it might be a fun and exciting game, even if it doesn't necessarily hold uh, – you know, big implications, but with Chicago, they've got a few guys listed as probable. That's just, that's so, so I don't know if I've explained this on the show yet, but uh, essentially what happened is Jim Boylan came out and said that several players had little minor injuries and the league apparently said to them or likely said to them, you can't say that stuff. If a guy has an injury, you need to list it. And this has to do with the fact that there, the league is desperately trying to be as transparent as possible since they've opened themselves up to betting and, and, and all that. So as betting's and sports betting is more and more legalized throughout the United States, uh, there there's this bigger, this bigger and bigger, uh, relationship between the NBA and all these different sports betting situations. So that's, what's going on there is, is it's just the, the bulls saying, okay, you want us to be super transparent? We'll be annoyingly transparent. And like, there's been days where like eight guys are listed as probable for a Bulls game with just a, a litany of injuries. And it's compatently absurd, but it's a, it's like a troll job from the, the organization. Anyways, um, on the Washington side of things, they've been missing out guys due to injury. Rui Hachimura has a groin contusion. He got kicked. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't realize how bad this was on Monday night. But um, did you ever see that? No, Bucket Ninja was actually telling us about it during the show uh, via the comments. Yeah, I didn't realize it. I finally saw it. So there was a, a play at the rim with I, I, our Isak Bonga playing defense, and then Rui comes in. Isak Bonga's leg gets kicked up. It almost looked like a Draymond situation, but you were actually you sitting right in the Isak. Um, I'm sorry, what? You got him right in the Isak. He did get him right in the Isak. Oh, my gosh. Um. Socked him. But a groin <laughs> contusion or, you know, something that he kicked the heck out of uh, in uh, Rui Hachimura's uh, jewelry uh, department. And uh, he's going to be out. Rui's going to be out for five games. So that's a that's a big kick in the uh, jewelry department for the for the Wizards. Uh, and Mo Wagner is also listed out for this game with his continued ankle sprain that's been uh, keeping him sidelined. So there's not much options in the front court for the Wizards here. They actually decided to waive Chris Chioza, one of their two-way players, and brought up from their G League team on Zesh Peschisniks. I feel like an butthole. On Zesh Peschisniks. 
Anyways, this guy that Sixers drafted like a year or two ago, and then he wasn't good. Good, good night, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad for not being able to say that name. But um, anyways, this guy, this cat might actually get run in this game against Chicago. So that's what's so interesting about or trying to mention him is the fact that with Rui Hachimura, Thomas Bryant, Mo Wagner out, there's there's not many, you know, there's Jan Mahinmi. And then maybe Davis Bertans getting minutes at center. Like, I don't know who else. You could play Isak Bonga at center, um, but he's starting at small forward. So it's just an interesting situation where we might see somebody come out of the you know, come oh, out of the yeah, Raptors. For sure. You know? for sure. We're going to get uh, some two-way. I don't know, I'm not sure who the Wizards have on two-way, but I imagine they'll be on the roster tomorrow, especially if they're a big guy. Anzesh Pestisniks. All right, uh, the next game for the night, Toronto at Detroit. Fred Van Vliet remains doubtful for this one. Andre Drummond with avocado eye is questionable still, and Blake Griffin with his sore knee is questionable. Reggie Jackson remains out with his back issue, and we still haven't heard when exactly uh, Reggie might be getting back. So that's kind of frustrating. We need an update, Detroit Pistons. Toronto at the Detroit, though, it's the uh, Coach Casey Bowl. Um, mm. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that the Pistons really stand much of a chance, especially if Drummond and Griffin are out. Who knows, though? Maybe some heroics from Derrick Rose again, uh, like he did uh, against the against the Rockets the other night. I get a surprise. Had a heck of a game off the bench. Charlotte at Cleveland, the next one on the docket. Cleveland is projected to win by three and a half. What? Cleveland's projected to win a game? Something's up. The Zeller. It's the Zeller, dude. Uh, Nicholas Patum will be back in action after missing several games due to hand discomfort. Uh, good for him. He's not a very active basketball player, even when active. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is questionable for the Cleveland Cavaliers with left shoulder soreness. Hopefully he's going to be good to go, but if he's listed as questionable, eh, probably not. Miami at Philadelphia is the next game. Are you planning on watching that Charlotte at Cleveland game? I mean, it might be might be one of the few games for Cleveland to actually be worth watching because it's a uh, going to be a horror show. If you look at the first four games that tip off tomorrow, it's hard not to pick the Heat and Sixers as the top one because you're getting two uh, of the top teams in the East. Actually, two of the teams, two and four right now as it sits in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so Dion Waiters got suspended again from the Heat because he told them he was out sick and then he posted a a uh, picture on Instagram of him on a boat. Oh my God. Yeah. This, this guy's an idiot, man. Like he's, he's getting paid millions of dollars and he could just be getting paid millions of dollars to travel with the team and sit on the bench and practice. And like, you know, Hey, guess what, man, when an injury happens, we're going to need your help. But what does he do? He complains. Cause there's other players who are better than him. <laughs> And then he can, he's, I mean, he, dude, what team, team is going to, what team would sign him after this whole escapade? I don't know. They got to send him somewhere cold. Send him to Minnesota. Yeah. I don't know who's going to want him. He'd fit in them with the Knicks. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else, man. <laughs> He'd fit in with the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> and you said that like with a straight sounding voice, since I can't see your face right now. Cause I had, yeah, maybe, maybe he, can, maybe he can play power forward. Uh, anyways, for the Heat, Winslow, uh, Justice Winslow, James Johnson, Goran Dragic, all out still. 
uh, Philadelphia 76ers, Furkan Korkmaz, and Joel Embiid, and Matisse Thibel are all considered probable, but are they're all expected to play. I'd expect, yeah, they're all going to play. Uh, you're right. This is going to be probably a really fun game. Philadelphia is projected to win by seven. That's a lot. Uh, you know, Josh Richardson is dealing with a, he just came back from a hamstring issue and now he's dealing with a wrist issue. So as much as I'd want to see maybe another one of the Josh Richardson revenge game specials against the heat, uh, uh, a shooter dealing with a a wrist injury. uh, doesn't sound like he's going to be having any hot games anytime soon. Um, I'll take the heat seven, man. You would take the heat and seven in this matchup. Seven, seven points. You said uh, that's what the spread was. The Sixers are going to supposed to win by seven. You know what? You're right. I do want to watch this game really bad because I want to see the the what happens between you know who's more dominant, Joel Embiid or Bam Adebayo. Um, yeah, I want to see that 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 turn to Philly. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff here. Um, all right, next game on the docket: Memphis at Oklahoma City. Grayson Allen is questionable for this game. Uh, he was expected to be out, so that, that's nice to see. He'll be he's, he's you know maybe gonna play. Uh, man, I don't know what else to say about this game. Memphis said OKC. It should be fun, actually. Uh, you know, I always love to watch my Jaron Jackson. So and John Morant. So uh, Jonas Valanciunas at Stephen Adams is a fun little matchup for if you like big, beefy guys just smashing themselves together. <laughs> you can also try Grizzly Magazine. I did. I didn't mean to make that sound the way it sounded. Uh, all right, now <laughs> next game: New Orleans at New Orleans at Minnesota. JJ Redick is questionable for this one. Jake Lehman remains out, and uh, very interesting situation. Carl Anthony Towns is questionable with a left knee sprain. So uh, hopefully that's not anything too serious. Um, but a left knee sprain. I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're not telling us everything that we need to know about uh, Carl Anthony Towns and whether or not he's going to play in this game. Towns is a gamer, though. He doesn't like to sit out. So if he can be available, he will. Um, I just, you know, you hear a knee sprain and you're like, eh, take it easy, pal. Yeah, uh, no reason, especially you're going against uh, against the Pelicans, as, who, as we said, have six wins on the year. And the Pelicans second game played, of a back to back. And that's the next point I was going to make. Yeah, that, that is special. Well, and an overtime game as well. So, you know, there's just a lot of little bullet points that you can say from this game to, that you could argue, eh, maybe, maybe just give Carl Anthony Towns the night off if he needs it. Uh, next game on the docket, another back-to-back uh, player th- or team that just lost on Tuesday. The Orlando Magic will be playing at the Denver Nuggets. Paul Millsap is questionable for this one. And I, for one, kind of hope that Paul just takes another rest day so we can see some Jeremy Grant versus Jonathan Isaac. I'm with you there, man. I think uh, Millsap is a good candidate to get traded also. So I'm, I want to see what what's next for the nuggets at the power forward position. And hopefully it's a lot of Michael Porter jr. And Jeremy Grant, uh, Denver nuggets are projected to win by 9.5. What do you think? Uh, that's, that's close. Uh, yeah. These Vegas people think, are pretty good at yeah. choosing lines, right? Yeah. Hey, that's what they do. I'll take, I'll take the magic to get nine and a half. 
What are you going with? I just don't. I don't know, man. Playing in Denver, second night of back to back. Um, you know, still integrating all these guys together. I don't know. We'll see. If Vucevic wasn't there, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't have chose this. But is he? Is there any chance that he is limited tomorrow? No. Uh, one of the things that Vucevic said was that, or at least I, what he said before this game was an implication that he's not going to be, uh, you know, unable to play in both games of the back to back and play big minutes. He said that he credited the Magic's training staff for getting him ready to come back at ready to go without any limitations. So. Uh, I wouldn't expect uh, they might monitor his minutes, but I wouldn't expect much. Uh, Celtics going to Denver to play the Mavs tomorrow night. The Mavericks coming up uh, off a big victory last uh, Monday night. Kyle was there where the Mavericks ended the Bucks' glorious 18 game win streak. Yep. And what was funny about uh, commenting on the 18 game win streak after uh, Monday's game, George Hill said that the, the Bucks like haven't even played good. Like, That's awesome. I love like, that. There's so a, they've only like, played like, four times in that 18 games, right? Yep, I think something yep. along those lines. Yep. So, and, and that's that's great to hear. Like, if, if you don't think that you're hitting your stride yet and you're beating the crap out of teams, like... And he's the leader on that team, too. I mean, he's he's one of the vets. He's He leads uh, in the locker room and on the floor. He's He outplayed Bledsoe in the playoffs last year. He came back to the team. I mean, there's... Lots of like about George Hill and his role on this team. This will be a unique matchup because the the Dallas Mavericks don't necessarily have a ton on the wing with Luka Doncic being out, but they've still got guys who can step up, as we saw on Monday night with someone like Seth Curry. Um, but Boston doesn't have anybody to match up with Chris Stapps. Yeah, you can throw Daniel Tice out there, but Robert Williams is out. Vincent Poirier is out. Um, Enos Cantor can't do anything, so... We're gonna have three German front court players tomorrow night. Oh no, yes. I'm sorry. Latvia. No, I'm sorry. I messed up. Oh. But we're gonna have Kleber. Kleber plus uh Tice. Yeah. So he... we got two. Two, not oh. three. Okay, yep. I think you were just getting excited about the idea of the, the two German well, you know, there's no Dirk. Yeah, so. smashing beef or whatever you're talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that was a I'm going to have to go uh, back and listen to uh, that. Yeah. By the way, Bucket Ninja commented when, and uh, was wanted to know what month of Grizzly was your cover shoot, Kyle. <laughs> um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a summer Santa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Probably August. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Wonderful. Yeah. Um, all right. What about the last game of the night? Final game of the night, Golden State Warriors at Portland Trailblazers. Uh, hey, should be a good game, right? Uh, but Portland's projected win by 9.5. I hope it's closer than that, although it is at Portland. So Golden State playing on the road right now, not probably a good idea for that team. Uh, Eric Pascal is questionable for the Warriors. Mario Hazonio is questionable for the Portland Trailblazers. And Nasir Little is probable. I'm just excited to see if Car- Carmelo Anthony can continue to dominate, especially de- on the defensive stats. This guy's been getting like stupid numbers of blocks and steals lately, especially steals. And it doesn't make any sense. Cause you look through his career and you're like, yeah, he's never done that. <laughs> like why at this age is Carmelo Anthony finally deciding to 
like make his mark on defense. It doesn't make sense. It's it is yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I am very interested to see Draymond potentially go up against Carmelo. I think Carmelo has a bad game with Draymond on him if that if they go that route. Yeah, but you know, they've been starting Draymond at point guard, so maybe they just throw him on one of the other, you know, CJ or or, or Damian Lillard. Probably maybe not. I don't not with the way the Warriors are constructed. I think you're going to see um, Poole and uh, Russell and uh, who's the God who had a really good game Monday night. Damian Lee. There you go. Him as well. Maybe against uh, Lillard I mean, they've got Damian Lee. They've got Alec Burks. They've uh, Jordan Poole's kind of. Well, no, he was out of the rotation and they but they sent Kai Bowman down to the G League. So now Poole's back at least in the could be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, you're right. They've got, they've got other options there, but you know, if you're talking about your best defender on the other team's best offensive players, yeah. there, there certainly should probably be moments where Draymond goes in there and tries to at least cause some, some chaos. Although, although there might be something said, if you can sometimes put your better defender in on a, a less uh, ostentatious, uh, offensive player than especially a guy like Draymond, he might find those pockets to kind of play the passing lanes and such like that. So anyways, hopefully it's a good game. Best That's all I you. got, pal. All right. Well, we hope they're all competitive. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining us tonight or in podcast form. Once again, like review, subscribe, smash that like button, whatever you can do to help us out. We appreciate it. If you want to leave a review once again, uh, any feedback is good for us. Thanks so much for checking us out. We are the Morning Hoops Podcast. I am Anthony Deneu. He's Kyle McEwen. We'll see you tomorrow. We love you.